Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Adventure Game Podcast. I am not Shorsha Dunbar, as hopefully you can tell. (laughs) And that got a big round of applause here, which is I wasn't expecting. But yes, I am very much not sure. Sure, I am Laura Cress, your host for this one month. But I'm very excited to be back and talking about lots of adventure games. And I've got two lovely people here with me. Introduce yourselves, lovely people. Well, I am also not sure. Um, I'm Thomas. Good to see. To see you all again. It's been a while, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, having a wee banter about some adventure games as well. Yes, and I'm Kieran. I am back again. Um, yeah, got also not Sorsha. Also not Sorsha for now, at least. Um, yeah. And <laughs> and yeah, um, we're looking forward to talking about some games that I've been playing and some games coming up. Yeah, and we've got a good list of games actually. Oh, we have an excellent list of games. Very. Or should different... we say a list of excellent games? We should. We could. We mm. could say either if we wanted. A very, very different selection. I have to say, very varied selection. Something for everyone. We we got a bit of viewfinder. We got a bit of stasis bone totem. We got a bit of firmament. So lots of things. You know, if you're a adventure game fan, hoping there's going to be something that you're going to be interested in that we're going to review. But first, we've got a fair bit of news to get into. And let's start off. We, we do always like to mention Kickstarters, uh, adventure game Kickstarters. And here's one that caught my eye, which if you're listening to this when it comes out, hopefully it will. it's got about 16 days to go when I'm mentioning this now. So there's still plenty of time to back it, although it has passed its uh, original backing uh, amount that it needed. And this is Scott Whiskers in the search for Mr. Fumbleclaw which is an interesting title, to say the least. Have you guys seen this at all? Has this caught your eye? Yeah, I think it, I think oh. it looks really cute. Um, it's So it's it looks like a, a sort of a standard sort of cartoon comedy adventure, but it's got this sci-fi, it says it mentions Star Trek, and it's got this sort of sci-fi side to it. Yes. Um, so I think it might be one of these stories, which I always find delightful, of, of a, a normal person who finds themselves plunged into a very, very extraordinary situation. It looks, it looks really cute. That looks good. I have, I, uh, I hadn't heard. Uh, I got it saved because I was um, planning on maybe backing it. I'm uh, very pleased to see that it at least made its backing goal. So maybe I'll just uh, throw in some some bucks as well. Yeah, this is the thing, I think, with these kind of Kickstarters. Obviously, it's great to see when these games reach the goal, but there's always these stretch goals, and sometimes the stretch goals kind of almost make the game because, you know, it's extra voice acting, it's, you know, localization and things like that so that more people can play it. So, you know, even if you're hearing this and we're saying, oh, you know, it's it's reached its stretch, it's its normal uh, goal, still do if you're interested in it, uh, you know, have a go at the demo. You can There's a demo out that you can uh, have a go at and possibly back it still. Like I said, we've still got over two weeks to go 
uh, from time of recording. And just to sort of sell you a little bit more about what it's about, this is what it says on the Kickstarter. It says, it's a modern, funny and family friendly point and click adventure game about cats, Star Trek and life itself. So, you know, I mean, (laughs) what more could you want? Um, We'll put it in the show notes a little bit more about it and the link if you want to check it out. But yeah, it seems like another good adventure game to invest in and back. And talking about sort of backing and and, and extra things, uh, we've got a little bit of news about The Expanse and how they're having a bonus episode. And Thomas, are you going to be playing The Expanse? It's coming out very soon. Yes, I should I should pre, pre, uh, pre-purchase pre it, actually. Um, Tell us a little bit about it, because Kieran well, didn't really know what it was, and, and I <laughs> pretended I knew what it was, and I told him completely the wrong thing. Well, so... The Expanse is a, uh, is a series of books, nine books, plus one with uh, short stories, um, set in a... Um, well, in, in our universe, a couple of uh, centuries from now, it's basically the, the strife between Earth, Mars, and the belt. Uh, and then something happens uh, to uh, that that draws our the, the heroes into the conflict. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything because, trust me, this is one of the... I've, I've read all the books. It, it's, it's some of the best, best sci-fi I've ever read. Uh, they also adapted it for TV. Uh, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. It is a brilliant, brilliant TV show. Um, it is adapted by uh, the, one of the showrunners is one of the writers of the book. So uh, you can um, expect a very uh, a very good adaptation there, a very faithful adaptation in all the good ways. And um, I was all very delighted to hear that the new Telltale is coming out with uh, a game based on The Expanse. And um, the game is actually set before the uh, the, the, the the books and the, the, the TV show. So uh, you, even if, you've, uh, if you want to play the, if you want to watch the TV show or read the books, you can play the game because nothing that happens in there will spoil anything uh, of the of the main plot later. So uh, they are now releasing an bonus episode, which yeah. brings back a one of the fan favorite uh, characters. And as far as I know, all the characters are voiced by their act by the actors uh, who played oh, them in the. That's cool. Yeah, especially uh, um, this actress Sh- Shorey Agdashlu. She has such a distinctive voice. That that can all that can only be played by one uh, by one actress. This this character. So, um, yeah, it's I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'll have to um, yeah I'll have to buy it quickly. Yeah. So I just play to this. say the the so as you said, it, it's being made made by Telltale. This series, it's gonna the first episode's coming out July the twenty seventh, and then there's gonna be four more episodes after that. But that even before the first episodes come out, they've announced. This bonus episode, which is going to bring back uh, this fan favorite called Archangel, uh, is the bonus episode. So clearly they, they're they positive about it and they're confident because they're already announcing a bonus episode before the first one's out. Well, Telltale has never lacked confidence, has it, have they? No, that's true. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, the, no matter what happened to the company in, in the past, they also always delivered good products. Yeah. Um, I don't recall from at least from the ones that I've played, and I've played quite a few of them, including the entire uh, Walking Dead, um, all, all the chapters of the Walking Dead. 
and those were pretty damn good. And The Wolf Among Us is one of my favorite adventure games of oh, all yeah. time. Looking so, forward to two, which is coming out yes, soon. Yes, yes. So um, I think Telltale um, deserves our uh, um, our trust here and our money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's the the only downside. I think it's that it's only available on the Epic Game Store. Right. Um, okay. It's a it's a it's an Epic Game Store exclusive. Okay. This might be the first game I actually buy on the Epic Game Store. <laughs> well, for for PC players, that is, if they right. release it uh, on uh, consoles, then obviously it's not going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive. Mm. But um, yeah, you know what I mean. On to some slightly sadder news now, and uh, this is the news about uh, Daedalic, and they are cancelling a another game that they've got in development and that they're almost sort of cancelling any other development they've got in the future as well and this is all after the very bad PR and publicity that they got from Lord of the Rings Gollum which was just not well received and I have to say having watched people play it perhaps rightly so unfortunately but I just want to get you guys reaction to this because obviously, yeah. Dead like we know from creating adventure games such as Deponia and, and things like that. So, I mean, it was a surprise to me when they were given the role of, of making this huge game. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, this is, yeah. It's, a, it's a really sad um, conclusion to the, to the whole thing. So, um, yeah, Dead Alec um, made lots of adventure games, um, including like Edna and Harvey. Um, oh, those and- are great. Yeah, um, Pillars of the Earth, I think a lot of people like that as well. Um, and they made a lot of adventure games when not many people were. They sort of, they they held the torch. Beautiful the ones as well that looked amazing. Yes. You know? mm. And more more recently, they've been branching out into, so Gollum wasn't really strictly an adventure game. And they're doing this, they're publishing a strange Deponia RPG survival thing <laughs> as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a pity. Um, that uh yeah that that, that Gollum did so poorly um that uh that yeah they're, they're stopping all development um including that that next development of um of another Lord of the Rings game they're gonna uh, publish they're gonna yeah keep that's what I was gonna publisher, say so, they're gonna yeah. focus entirely on publishing they're not going to be developing any anything more so they they had de- they were starting development on this second project obviously because they had the first one they were probably once they finished that they they'd been given rights to you know try at the next sort of IP and they've now announced you know they didn't say specifically it's because of this you know but they did say you know Gollum didn't live up to the expectations we have for the game um they are going to work on patches for that game but they're not going to be uh working on this second project and it they've closed essentially and so jobs will have been lost there and i you know i do think it's a shame i i do feel just do you think they were a bit stretched with this huge project it feels like it was quite a lot for them to have taken on perhaps yeah um they took a risk it Mm. didn't pan out unfortunately and I feel bad for the people losing their jobs. I hope they find uh, they find new jobs because no, nobody sets out to make a bad game. 
Yeah, and although, you know, there there were a lot of memes about this game, there were a lot of YouTube videos poking fun on it, and it's, you know, it's easy to sort of laugh at these kind of things, and obviously there were issues with it, and they've sort of held their hands up and and said that as well. You you also don't wish something to to close because of that, you know, because they made many successful games, and it's a shame that maybe they were just perhaps a bit stretched, maybe a bit unlucky with this. Um, you know, it was a lot to take on, a big, big franchise, big expectations, and it was maybe just a little bit much for them. Um, you know, the, I, I just hope that that's not all that they're remembered for, you know, that that people do realise that they also made a lot of other good games as well. Yeah, it, it goes to show how volatile the, uh, the game, uh, the gaming business is. Where you can you can have decades of, of of good products and then one bad product just kills you literally. Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about Telltale before, and obviously that mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't a bad product, but that was just you know bad management. management, yeah, and just something can just go wrong, and you can be the most successful, <laughs> one of the most successful studios, and everyone loves you, and it just unfortunately doesn't go your way. Yeah, that doesn't always um, expresses itself in money, of course. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that is true as well. Well, you know, we we wish them the best, and and we hope, obviously, anyone who's lost their job, you know, f- finds uh, another great project that they can work on, and we wish them the best still with with the publishing. It's it's a shame that this happened, but um, you know, unfortunately, that is the way it seems to go in the business. It's a tough business, um, and yeah, there you go. S- sad to hear that though. Yeah. We're looking ahead now to a bit a bit of good news. We're, we've got some good news now, and, and especially if you were into Chicken Police, the original uh, Chicken Police, because I say original because we, we've been given the news that they're coming back for a, a sort of bonus episode. I, I guess it's a bit of a, I don't know, it's not really DLC, but it, it sounds like the, we're going to see more of Chicken Police. And if you don't know what that is, that was a, a sort of noir anthropomorphic detective series, which we had lots of, it seems to be, for a couple of months. There were loads of animal detective uh, adventure games. But I really enjoyed uh, Chicken Police. I mean, to an extent, I will say this, I I really enjoyed the characters. I I loved the voice acting and the dialogue. The story of the first one didn't grip me loads. I don't know if either of you played Chicken Police at all. No, I, I no, no. Unfortunately, I, I wanted to, but no. So, what do you play it? Yeah, one of, well, one yeah. of your first streams. You poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I yeah. So I, I, in fact, I remember announcing that Joe Biden had become the new president of the U.S. states during one of my chicken during police chicken streams. Police. So that really did. Where, where were you? I was playing chicken police. <laughs> I was playing chicken police. <laughs> There's a clip of that somewhere. Um, but yeah, so they, they've announced it's kind of the next. Uh, and it's nice to see that they're continuing this. And, you know, it, you know, as we were talking about one studio sort of closing, it's nice to see uh, another game franchise sort of continuing and, and blossoming. So this is called Chicken Police Into the Hive. And the reason it's called that is because Sonny uh, and Marty, the two kind of main characters, they have to go and they're battling insects in this latest one. Ooh. I don't know if I really want that. To be honest. That's, uh, you know, they, they had some pretty vivid um, drawings of uh, of animals in, in, in the first one. I don't know if I want to see really 
you know, close up insects and things like that. But we'll see. You know, it's it's quite a gritty series. I don't know if I want to see like a really, you know, a grasshopper or something. But you know, we'll have to see what happens. But I, I am looking forward to this. Um, you know, like I said, the voice actor was great. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with insects. Uh, I'm gonna play little a little preview of this when I go to Gamescom. So I'll maybe I'll be able to come back and 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 say what it's like and re- report on it. Report, yeah, like a detective mm-hmm. <laughs> or a journalist or a journalist. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, no, detective is cooler. <laughs> yeah. But uh, do you want to? Uh, there, there is actually. Should we? We we could listen to the reveal trailer of this. I can let me just post this in the in the group and if everyone you know we can have a little listen to this because and you can hear some of the the excellent voice acting and and kind of what we're expecting in this latest uh plot let's let's have a little oh, listen. i'd say share your screen okay i'll do it ah uh, we have sound this yeah, whole madness started with this petty little affair huh. petty to the one who reads it in the paper Less petty to the one who's getting shot. Clawville, the city of opportunity, the city of dreams, a bastion of tolerance and equality, a genuine shithole. You know, Excuse me. truth is a weird dame. No matter how loyal you are to her, she'll cheat on you in the end. The question is, are you going to stay by her side? And if you do, what price are you willing to pay? So what do we make of that? It doesn't give too much away, but do you see what I mean? Because I, it sets a good mood. How much the um, the faces of the, they're not you know they're not cartoonish the 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 animals. So I, that's what I, no, was, I was thinking about with with the insects. Like it's going to be quite yeah. It's it's wonderfully dark and moody. There's a there's a yeah. shot in there with a a cigar burning and the the light of the of the end of the cigar matches this sort of burning almost like fury around the character himself and that's just really cool this is a thing i remember when you were playing chicken police that's so such a cool atmosphere and so dark and moody um looks like very much getting more of that i hope so yeah very noir yeah, very noir, very you know, and you could hear that great voice acting there, and it's all it's all black and white. If you've if you've not seen what it looks like, it's all very you know very like you said very noir. So I'll be interested to hear. Do we get to hear what the insects sound like? What what what? Who's going to be the voice actors for the insects? We we shall find out. Um, but it's it's great to see that they've got uh, another game coming up, and um, yeah, that's called Chicken Police Into the Hive. A very quick, uh, sure she will kill me if I don't mention it, but a very quick mention about our Patreons, and I'll try and do this because Shawsha kind of really knows all the details about this. But hey, did you know the Adventure Games podcast <laughs> has a Patreon? And thank you so much if you have donated or you do donate to Patreon. It's, you know, really much appreciated. 
I think it's just patreon.com forward slash adventure game podcast. And you can donate, you know, a little bit of money each month and you get some, or you know, interviews and, and extra bonus stuff that you don't get with a podcast. And it just, you know, and you helps. help us grow. You help us grow. You helped us, I think, possibly um, help support Adventure X last year because we were one mm-hmm. of the sponsors. So the money does go towards all good adventure game stuff. Thank you very much, everyone who does support us. Just check out patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. There we go. I hope I did a good job there. Yes. <laughs> this means this means you, the person, the you. person listening to this, who didn't, the one person who didn't know about Patreon. Yeah, if you didn't know about that. Adventure games podcast. This is a sign for you to go it's and It's a sign for now. you. Right, there we go. That's the uh, boring admin out of the way. <laughs> now we can get on to the reviews. And like I said, we've got some great stuff coming up. Um, I'm going to kick off with uh, a game called Killer Frequency. And uh, Thomas has very kindly, I think it was Thomas, has put in the, the trailer for this. Uh, okay. So I think we should all have a listen to this. And then I can... Uh, give my thoughts on it. Let me just uh, do my little share thing. I'll I'll try and remember to share the sound this time. Peggy 12. If you're listening to this, I'm probably dead. Forrest, it's the whistling man. What the hell? The whistling man? He was a serial killer back in the 50s. Went around in a freaky mask. Killed about a dozen folks in Gallows Creek. No reason for it. No motive. Hit the button. We have a caller. Hello, caller. You're live on the stream with me, Forrest Nash. Talk to me, Murphy. What's wrong? Oh, the killer got me, man. We've got a plan, but we can't agree on who should do what. You want me to be the tiebreaker? Exactly. We'll need someone on the roof. It's going to be a hard climb. Heather's got this. Focus, you got this. Thank you, Forrest. Go right. I'm out. Thank you, Forrest. You're almost out of time. Just do something. Where do I go? Oh, no, Dad. Wait, no. Ah! Yeah, so that is Killer Frequency. And just to explain kind of what you were hearing there. Um, so it's quite, it's a tongue-in-cheek uh, horror game. It's a, it's a bit of a kind of horror comedy game. and But I, you know, I, I really in, enjoyed this. It's it's a first person horror, and there's but there's there's plenty of sort of light moments and comedy moments. And what I really enjoyed, it's set in in the eighties. So as as you heard there, you are basically this talk show host on a very late night show, um, in a very small town, and no one really listens to you, <laughs> and um, you play very sort of stereotypical eighty songs, and you get this call from one of the uh i think it's either a police officer or one of i think it's one of the ambulance um drivers and you get this call that there's a, a serial killer called the whistling man and it's someone who's been sort of a presence in the town previously and everyone thought they died but the whistling man is apparently back uh in in this small town and you forest nash 
the radio host, and this is where it gets a bit preposterous. You're told that the nearest sort of hospital and the nearest kind of police force that this person can get to, they, they have to call for help. And the nearest, uh, you know, they can get to, um, they're the only person that is is there to like kind of help people uh, as an ambulance sort of driver and ambulance operator. So they've got to get to this town. So they, they just say, oh, I've hooked you up to the ambulance line. So you're going to be taking calls for, for your entire late night show from everybody that needs help. <laughs> what? It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's a ridiculous premise, but I kind of love it because it just knows it's ridiculous and you just have to go with it. So they're basically, what they say is basically, there's a serial killer on the loose. I've got to go to, like, I've got to, you know, God knows why do they ever think this was going to work when they set up this whole premise, but they said, I've got to drive to this town. It's going to take me about four hours to get there. In in the meantime, we need a kind of hotline if people are in in trouble and because you're on air anyway hey let me just hotwire or the emergency hotline to you and you've got to take the calls so you're in this it's a first person game you're in this actual radio booth and you control the calls you get these calls in you do actually have to play songs in between i did like the fact that you could literally just not play anything and just put the station off air for for a bit (laughs) You don't play anything. I have to say, having I actually work in radio, and some part, parts of it irked me because I was like, "Well, that's not how a radio station would work." Um, <laughs> but that was just beside the point. I will say there was the, a, another point where I was like, "Well, wait, sorry, what's going on here?" Because it, this is set in the 1980s, and somehow people seem to be able to talk on the phone no matter where they are, as if they're on a mobile phone. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's late 80s, but I still feel like if it's a small town, they probably wouldn't have mobile phones. But that's beside the point because you get into the game and the the whole game is that you are getting phone calls from people based in this small town who are going, oh my God, I think I've just seen the whistling man. Um, And then you're speaking to them and you're having to sort of talk them through different scenarios. There's different puzzles uh, depending on the different characters. There's one where there's a guy who thought he was going to be meeting up with this crush of his in a maze it turns out she's not turned up but the whistling man has and you've got a a bird's eye view of the maze and you've got to guide them out of the maze um by giving certain directions you know this person is saying you know i'm next to this place now and you've got to find out the map and then you've got to say oh turn left turn right so it's that kind of puzzle and it's different for for each of the different characters that you meet uh, I, you know, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy the premise. It, it does go on a little bit. I think it took me about maybe six or, or seven hours. Uh, no, it's probably about, I think it was about six hours to finish it completely near the end. I think the one issue it falls down on a little bit is that because you're obviously not meeting any of these characters, uh, you're just hearing people by their voice uh, and, and you're just hearing their name. Sometimes I was a bit like, wait a minute, who is this? And trying to remember who everyone is because you 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 meet a lot of different people, um. So that was a little uh, near the end when it was kind of wrapping up with everything. I was kind of a bit like, wait wait a sec, what what's going on? What what do they mean with this? And like that kind of ruined the, the ending a little bit because I I couldn't quite remember everything that was going on. And it does it, you know it goes in some leaps and bounds. I'll say <laughs> at the end, but I think if if you like a kind of sort of fun, you know, doesn't take itself too seriously. 
a horror game. It's not, I'd say it's not really, you know, if you're thinking, oh, horror, I'm, I'm not really into that kind of thing. There's no, there's no gore or anything like that. It's, you know, everything you're hearing is all uh, over a phone line. So it's, you know, nothing is too scary or anything like that. It's, it's very sort of, I don't know if you, if you know, think of like films like Scream or things like that. It's very kind of tongue in cheek, very kind of suspense, uh, yeah. mostly uh, suspense, yeah. but like nothing that you would, you know, there's maybe one or two slight jump scares, but nothing really that bad. You know, great, you know, great premise that you're in this radio station. It's got, you know, these like fun, you, you've got to actively like get these, you know, vinyls out and, and stick them on and, and play them and put up the fader and everything. Um, and you chat with your producer peggy through through the studio um so yeah i i i thought it was you know just like a, a good bit of fun and actually some of the puzzles are really good fun um a, a lot of them are, are quite fun to work out it does go on a little bit and yeah the ending is, is a little, i was just trying to like at the end i was like wait what's it what's going on here and and that i was a bit like oh okay it's not very straightforward but i think there's, there's a lot of replayability um because you have to try and save everybody in the town and it's quite hard to do that so you can kind of go back and there's you know different endings and things you can get so yeah i think you know although it's sort of a horror you, you don't have to be well into your kind of horror stuff to enjoy it it's it, it, it's quite light-hearted and good fun i suppose you could kill everyone as well you could be you could this in is the thing with the whistling and man. i didn't i only had you are the whistling man <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically yeah you just assist the whistling man and yeah there are some bits you know for example like i said the sort of you have to suspend your disbelief and think wait a sec how is this person able to call me when they're in the car and, and that kind of thing and and sort of things where you're a bit like why did they not think this at all they they don't even give any reason why people, you know, are, are able to do this without a mobile phone? Is it, it, you know, clearly they wanted to set it in the eighties because of the great soundtrack, but it doesn't work at all <laughs> with with the sort of practicalities of it. But you, you know what? I, I was willing to say, you know what? That's fine because I like the soundtracks, and I, you know, I, I like the kind of stereotypical. It's a really good idea for for a, for for a game. You know, you're there on your own in this radio station and you've got to deal with all these and i have to say the voice acting because uh, of course it is voice acted um is very good as well you know they're, they're a bit over the top but kind of in a fun in a very fun way so yeah um yeah give it a go obviously yeah you, you could just kill everyone if you wanted you, you don't you, you don't even have to try in this game it doesn't matter if you <laughs> And isn't that? And I have to say, it does look very nice as well. It's got a kind of sort of cartoony vibe. It's a bit sort of uh, sort of cell shaded. Um, I guess kind of fitting in with the sort of eighties theme. Doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, and that is that's by Team Seventeen, uh, both developers and publishers. And I think if you want to check that out, I should say it's available on VR, which I think would be interesting to play. I just I didn't play it on VR. I just played it on uh, Steam, which you can, and it's on consoles as well. But if you want to play it on VR, I don't, I, I don't know if that would give much of a, an advantage. I, I guess it'd be kind of cool. You're in a radio station and, and you've got to control faders and things like that. But yeah, I, I, you know, if, if, if you don't have It's so just VR, a different experience. Yeah, it's a different experience, but it's not like going to completely change the game. So yeah, there you go. Killer Frequency and uh, yeah, developer and publisher team 17. 
Now, a very different experience, I'm imagining, uh, <laughs> that Kieran's going to review, and it's called Firmament. Tell us a bit about that, Kieran. Yeah, so, don't uh, we Don't we also have a trailer for that one? Oh, yeah, of course we do. Yes, Kieran, are you... Oh, uh, we hold your horses, Kieran. My audio describing all of this. Calm <laughs> down. <laughs> Let me get this up first. Uh, one sec. So we are just basically seeing landscapes here, but they do look beautiful. And funny enough, they remind me a lot of mist, and we're going to be finding out why. A lot of empty rooms, but very beautifully lit. Very good graphics. Yeah, excellent graphics, yeah. Perfect for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Got some sort of device. Yeah. Okay, so a person has got like a big sort of laser gun on their right hand, right arm. Mechanisms moving around. You can control the mechanisms. And again, a, a strange variation of locations, I would say. It feels very kind of ancient civilization. Combined with sort of quite mechanical integrated into uh, very natural looking landscapes. And we finally get to see a human being. <laughs> well, you, you think that was a human being. <laughs> oh, okay. You can see I've not played this game. So. <laughs> it's got a kind of art deco-y feel to me. It, it looks, it reminds me a bit of Bioshock, I have to say. Definitely with that logo that's just popped up. Yeah, it's that's... very uh, steampunky. Yeah, steampunk is, yeah. All right, so fill us in a little bit more than uh, Kieran about Firmament. So Why is, might if I mentioned Mist? Yeah, so this is uh, <laughs> this is Firmament, the, the latest game from Cyan, um, who made Mist and who made um, Riven and uh, Abduction and lots of other games which are very similar to Mist, um, including five Mist games. Um and yeah, so this this was uh, one that I played as as token member of the Adventure Games podcast who doesn't hate Mist. It's a token, one. all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's it, very similar to those games. It is a first person puzzle um, adventure game. Um, you play as a a keeper, and um, this is a bit of a sort of janitorial maintenance figure. Um, who is one of several keepers who are tasked with maintaining uh, three realms. One is that a very icy realm. Um, if, if you had the joy of, of watching that trailer along, along with us, um, mm. you'll have seen the icy realm. Um, one is much more mechanical, um, a, a sort of mine um, environment. Um, and then one is a, a conservatory full of overgrown plant life. And that's a very, very uh, rich uh, plant life realm. And your job is to raise three spires, one in each of these realms. And this task is given to you by this uh, mentor who is the ghost of a, a former keeper, uh, just like you. And you have a that sort of laser arm device that, uh, that Cress mentioned, um, 
was a is a adjunct and this can control various mechanisms in the world around you and you can also get upgrades for it so you can control mechanisms from further away and you can also chain controls along and, and so so on the story here is really cool and it's utterly bonkers there is some twists that are really well done and really took me by surprise i didn't see coming at all i would be surprised if anyone saw <laughs> some of those twists coming it's a really really cool sci-fi story um i don't think there's much story here sort of as much rich lore as in some of the other cyan games and I, I might come back to that point um but what there is there is really cool really satisfying i really enjoyed the story it's it's really really nice the uh, graphics and the world building and the audio they're, they're standard cyan fair they're very very high quality um really build that world around you there are a a couple of really cool moments as, as there are in everything where you like you climb up to the top of something and there's this this whole area it just presents itself in front of you and you, you kind of even as a player with there on the screen you can just kind of just stand there in awe of of, of the landscape that has that has emerged around you there's there's not as many of those moments I found as as in previous Cyan games, but still pretty nice. And the the puzzles are the very typical Cyan philosophy and style and approach to puzzle making. Now, I think this is the key point where a lot of people have a real problem with Cyan's games is this experience of you press a lever, you don't know what that lever does, you run around the whole world and you're banging your head against a wall like I don't know what's going on here I I don't know what's controlling what I don't know what this lever is doing <laughs> there's a button over there it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the lever that experience can be incredibly frustrating for people at the same time I think a lot of people can really enjoy it because it forces you to immerse yourself in that world you only you only progress if you fully understand the landscape that is around you and how it all interacts with each other now, those puzzles have been dumbed down quite considerably for Firmament. I found it significantly easier than previous games. And the reason that I think this is, is because it has been designed partly with VR in mind. And normally, if you play if you play Mist, you play, you play Riven, you play Abduction, in order to solve the puzzles, you have to make notes. You have to write down, this is over here. I've set it to three what has it done to the rest of the world and then you write down something else oh okay it's, it's raised that slightly what can that do um, and you you end up with a, a whole books full of notes about the world around you in order to understand it and then pick apart what the answer might be if you're playing with vr you don't want to take off your headset and write down notes mm. and so i think this is a deliberate choice from them but it ends up with the puzzles not quite as satisfying or at least for me they weren't quite as satisfying a lot of the puzzles can be solved by kind of just trying out things until you stumble upon the solution. Um, the game is way too buggy. I was really disappointed by just how many, just how buggy this was. Um, when I and how when how I, soon did, were you playing it after launch? Ah, so yeah, so I I played it pre-release. Um, yeah, so I, I would have played the version. That, that was launched um, yeah. 
but I've seen people complain about this mm. as well on um, in, in the Steam forums. Yeah. The the first thing I do is I go to the settings and make sure all the settings settings are what I want them to be. And in the settings option, there is a big button saying to warp you to a safe spot. And I saw that and thought that's a strange button to have. And that was a bit of an omen because <laughs> I needed that button a lot. Oh, it is okay. sadly, you, you walk around, you're controlled with a controller or, or with a um, keyboard and you, you look around with the mouse. Um, and because you can move things in the world around you, it can be very easy to get yourself into a position where you can't move. Um, you've, you've moved something in the way or you've, you've shifted something and your character has ended up on a ledge they can't get back out from. And... I had to use that button way too much. They, it really felt like it needed quite a considerable amount more testing to to get rid of all of those dead ends that you can just slip into. It was really that was really frustrating. Where the puzzles, I suppose, weren't. Mm. Um, the other aspect that I want to bring up, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, two of you, is the use of AI. Um, yeah. So I wondered when... if you were going to bring this up because that was quite a topic, wasn't it? <laughs> it was quite peculiar that we got through to it got through to the credits. And in the credits is this line saying the following was done with assistance from AI. And it is a huge list. There's lots of the art. There's the lots of the text, lots of the little logs, you, logs um, like poetry you can find. And um, some of the audio as well. Some of the voices, I think, might have been AI adjusted or so. I don't know whatever that means. And now I don't want to pretend like, oh, I could, I, I knew, I knew it was AI. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I did maybe feel something was slightly missing and maybe that's to do with the AI or maybe it's something else, I don't know. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Thomas, go ahead. What do you think? Well, do you, do you want to hear my thoughts on AI in general or because I haven't played the game, so I don't know what the influence exactly right. is from Not the AI on... on this game, but if developers are going to if developers are going to make you more and more use of AI, do we do we think that's that's a good tool to have or do we think that's going to be disappointing or I think it's worth so want? I'm just looking at what some people on the Kickstarter have said. And here's two points of view. So maybe you guys can talk about this. One person has said uh, for the Kickstarter, the level of hate here towards something so trivial as using tools created by humans for humans to make their jobs easier is astonishing. But then another person saying, as a Kickstarter backer, I feel like you guys lied to me by not disclosing your plan to use AI in the first place. So that's kind of two different points there. And, you know, if you want to check out, they they put out, Cyan did put out a big, big, long statement about this um on their twitter basically saying you know they've got a talented team of individuals disappointed to see their contributions minimized by the usage of ai but then they did and they're saying you know we use these ai tools to help with the development of the contents list above you know like you said they had that big list nothing in this small fraction of content for the game was generated and used outright from these services without extensive human oversight and and they've emphasized the word human. So I guess they're sort of saying, although AI was used, we we then looked over it. But what do you, what do you think about that, Thomas? Well, I I have no problem with AI being used as a tool. The problem I have with AI, if if uh, this is what you see, is uh, especially in in when it's being used to, to create art, is that it uses other people's art 
to create its own thing. Now, that is something I have have an issue with. Um, I have zero issues with people using it as a tool to uh, to make their own lives better. Uh, they're all controlled by humans, as you say. They are uh, created by humans, and they're they're, they're used. Uh, again, I don't know what exactly what it is used for in the. Um, uh, so um, I mean, they're kind of putting out that in this statement that was used to I don't know how to pronounce this ideate before crafting their own words or tweet voices and things like that. But then, as someone else points out, well, why was that enough? for it to be thrown into the credits then. And I think it's almost the thing is if they hadn't put it in the credits, I don't think people would have really even <laughs> if they hadn't told made us. any about it. But it's because they oh, made this it, big thing in the credits that people are like, okay. Oh, it's a tool It's a tool they use. I mean, if, yeah. if, if they are using uh, certain... Uh, uh, Programs and... Unity yeah. or... Uh, yeah, they have to whatever. give credit. Massive, massive uh, uh, advertisements for, for that yeah. tool, for those tools. So why, what, what is so strange about them using this as well i don't i don't quite understand that but it's a hot topic at the moment isn't it and it's people worried about what this could mean and firmament as uh, as far as i remember is one of the first where people had a big chat about this i mean i i've had a chat with a couple of people in the industry about kind of ai and their worries about it i mean you know i when i was chatting to tim schaefer and he was sort of saying you know, the the I I had a friend who created this whole program and he recreated Mozart's music, and I you know I was like, oh, that's great, that really you know that does sound like Mozart, but who cares because it isn't Mozart, and you know what's the point of these kind of things? You know, the point of art is that you're connecting with another human being, and I don't see the value of that um, if it's a computer. But obviously, there are some points where you know a tool is a, is a tool and is useful so it's you know it's interesting that you brought that up Kieran and how, did you did it affect your feeling about the game after seeing that in the credits ah, yeah so I've, I've wondered this um, mm. because I I mean I did I did feel as I mentioned earlier that there did feel like there was slightly less of the lore and stuff to dive into um, and the, maybe the poetry and and so on was was slightly disconnected, and maybe I could ascribe it to that, but maybe I wouldn't have if they hadn't it, told me. It's sort of the placebo effect, doesn't it? Because once yeah. you've been told that this is the case, then you think, oh well, it must be because of that, and there might be some a human team going, oh well, actually that was our job, and <laughs> no, also, I, we also... just did a bad job. It wasn't AI. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does make me think, though, that uh, but this, what this... what was it? What was it used for in this game? Oh, tons. Um, there, there are various art assets like posters and things, and I can flags can I and... I can read you a, a journals, logs, checklist, newspapers, stories, songs, poems, letters, Lucy scatter papers, all backer portraits, all founders portraits, the sunset paintings, the Art Nouveau wallpaper, propaganda banners. So a lot of art, it sounds like, and then maybe kind of. X. I, I, I'm guessing when it says journals, that stuff that was yeah, some of the written logs and yeah. stuff that you find. Yeah, um, yeah. The yeah, the, a, a thing that is I, that I, kind I, of filler I, stuff. I don't know that you you wouldn't mind being filled by AI, or do, well, was that kind of things that would have added if it it's, had? It's it's that stuff that that people really the fans really like pouring over in right in okay other, other fan games and really yeah. like piecing together this world. And so I think those are do end up being quite important potentially. Um, but yeah, that along with 
So I don't think generative AI has really been around for that long. And this no. game has been in production for a very long time. And it makes me wonder if it, they kind of reached last year and the, the use of this along with, I think, not very much QAing done with, with regards to the, the bugs has made me wonder if they they slightly rushed it and if they've mm, taken, okay. they've taken some more time um, to maybe more carefully craft some of those assets and then also um, QA'd it to the point where either these th th those bugs in the movement bugs either didn't happen or, or they happen once in a blue moon, then the ex whole experience would have just been slightly better. Um, now, as I say, the, the story is really, really cool. I think I do I do like the puzzle philosophy as well, this, this puzzle solving by exploration. Um, if that's the kind of thing that interests you, but you don't want the the raw frustration of of mist and not not understanding what's going on, and maybe want something simpler, then firmament might be a really good shout for you. Um, as an intro to mist style games, I'd probably still recommend abduction first and foremost. That's my that my personal. I think that's the the best entry point, but that does have some really difficult puzzles in there. So if you're if you're wanting something simpler and you're interested in that that puzzle design philosophy in those types of games, then definitely check this out. Um, also, if you're a Cyan fan already, this game isn't going to disappoint you. Um, I, th I don't think it will be your favourite Cyan game, but I think you'll still really enjoy what happens, especially with the story, which, as I say, is, is, is really, really cool and really well done. So you were talking about a, a slightly maybe simpler game in the series there, but perhaps... That cannot be said about the next game that Thomas is going to review, which is Stasis Bone Totem, which I am also playing through. I'm about halfway through now, but Thomas, I believe you finished it. Um, I finished it, yeah. Finished it. Let's uh, have a little play of this trailer as well. Deep Sea 15. What is this place? Who cares? Let's figure out if it's empty, claim the title, and get out of here. Hello, I am Moses. What is your name? Moses found another body. Getting a really bad feeling here. Just a little further. Rig this size, there'd be a big crew. What happened? What if they're stuck below? Underwater? Wouldn't last long under pressure like that. Depends on what's down there. What in hell? Have you ever? No. Never. Dynamite? Guns are not toys, Mac. He has a gun now?
that was some imagery. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm up to that part yet. <laughs> so I'm very interested in where the story goes. But Thomas has finished it. So as you can hear, a, a bit of a, a bit of a dark game there. But yeah, talk us through your experience. <laughs> a bit that, of a Thomas. dark game. This is a full-on horror game. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So go on. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is. Um, uh, well, you you heard all the almost all the voices uh, there in the trailer. You have uh, Charlie and Mac. Who are a husband and wife, and they. Uh, this is a, a play that takes place in the near future. I think maybe 50, 50 years from now, something like that. Yeah. Um, and they are salvagers, and they come across an abandoned oil rig, which they want to salvage because they get a lot of money for that. Um, they're, a bit, they're a little bit down on their luck, so yeah, uh, they need. Yeah, that's a slight understatement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, an important thing about here is that their daughter died. Yeah. So their marriage is not just, uh, is, is under a lot of strain because of that. Um, the third voice you heard was Moses, which is a toy uh, doll, uh, sort of an AI in, in a bear he's form. Um, he's <laughs> he kind of scary, to be honest. He's creepy. The way he, he's <laughs> creepy the way he looks, but he is on your side. So, yeah. um, and you kind of control constantly control these three characters and most of the game these characters are not in the same place so you are uh, it's a bit like uh, day of the tentacle where you have all these multiple characters you in different between times them. yeah and you constantly swap um items and information between them so um uh, you can help uh, solve the puzzles that you you run into um together uh, which is necessary because this is a bloody hard game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it. it um, I don't know why these these uh, because I had the same with. Um, I think a previous game from them. They the beautiful desolation. Beautiful desolation. Mm. Also incredibly hard, and I don't. I can't. I can't really explain why. The story is fantastic. The uh, the music and especially the voice work, the voice acting is superb. Um, the game looks great. Plays I played it on the Steam Deck. It plays uh, very very well. Um, once you get uh, a hang of the um, of the controls, uh, yes. as in you know the, the how to use them, because not only do you can you um, swap items between them, but they also all have a, a certain. Let's call it superpower. Mac is very, very strong. So he can, for instance, crush something and then you get uh, uh, different items from that. Yeah. For instance, uh, you would give him um, a chair, he would crush it, and then you would have a seat and a hole. Yeah. And then you can use that for something different. Now, Charlie is the engineer and she can actually uh, fix things and put things together. And Moses, is, uh, 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 his power is hacking. So he can hack into computers and um, get information from there and help. Um, and the more you go into the the oil rig, the, the it's, which is actually a research rig, the more you find out about the horrors that have happened uh, oh, and there are some horrors. I mean, I'm only halfway through, but there's one thing I found quite sort of slightly humorous when I was playing this, because like there seems to be a sort of running theme of like they'd come across a body 
and they'd go, oh, I don't know, I feel like we should go back. And then sort of Charlie's like, no, come on, we've got to keep going. It's like, no, you've definitely got to go back. There's just all these bodies that you're coming across. And each time they're like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll, uh, yeah, we'll take it a little bit further. It's like, no, you need to go back. <laughs> but um, yeah, and like you said, it, it's a pretty dark game. Uh, very well acted. Uh, it's an isometric, much like Beautiful Desolation. It's an isometric, uh, and it's point and click. But you, yeah, I also. So I'm only halfway through. I I thought that the puzzles, the puzzles are kind of a. There's a lot of you've got to be really aware of previous surroundings and little clues and things. You know that there might be something that you spotted earlier on, and that the puzzles you... all make sense. There's no yeah, dream logic. It all makes here. It, yeah, there's no moon logic. It all makes sense. But you've got to keep aware and, and be really sort of on. And there's yeah. some times where it's like there's quite a pressured situation that you need to be, you know, doing doing things. And you've got to be maybe sw switching between all the characters and swapping items. I mean, I like the fact that you can just easily swap items. Yeah. You don't have to be next to a character. Yeah. That just happens. And no one questions it's, that. It's, that just happens. it's almost like they have some device that allows yeah. them to, to sort of teleport. But that's great uh, stuff between them, and yeah. th there's unlimited use of that. It doesn't uh, mess with the items or anything, because that's that's what you constantly have to do, and you have to keep in mind those extra powers that you have. Yeah. Because sometimes um, you're like you're stuck in a puzzle, and you have no idea what what to go to. And the simple solution would be give this item to Mac, and Mac will crush it, and then you will get the battery that was in there, and the battery will get you etc. 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 Yeah. St stuff like that. But it can be very. You have to look out for codes. You have yes. to look out for um, little scribbles sort of, of things. And, yeah, and yeah. and you you find these uh, journals everywhere. Uh, most of yes. them are, uh, are are like digital journals, and in PDAs. some cases, yeah, these PDAs. In some cases, what's you? you these stories are great to read. I read them all. The, the ones that I, I think I missed one or two. There's quite to a the, lot, though. There's, there's PDAs. A lot, yeah. You have to scroll through like one PDA. Yeah. There's maybe about ten entries, and, and they're not small. And, and, and yeah, and that this is where this game shines because um, the whole world building and the whole uh, the whole story building here is done very very well. You do not want to miss out on these uh, on these PDAs on these stories, um, not just because they're very well written, but also because there can be clues in there on how to solve puzzles. Um, and you 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 find computers, and then you find, like, for instance, photos that are in the trash. And in one of those photos, you find um, a piece like half of a word, and you need those letters to fix something. Yeah, it's it, it's it, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it is very together. It's complicated. It is very challenging, and I had to use a walkthrough a lot. But the story really, really made me want to go on, and it's it's very well done. Maybe I'm just uh, I like they make me feel like I'm an amateur adventure gamer, <laughs> not someone who's been playing what? this shit for no 40 way. years. <laughs> yeah, wow. there were a few times I were like, oh man, I really I, I have no clue what to do here, and then uh, I, I I didn't want to wait too long because I really wanted wanted to finish the game. I wanted yeah. to know where the story ends and. It's the story is really good. It is very much worth it to go all the way to the end, and watch the after credit scene as well. By the okay, way. there is an there is an after credit scene. Okay, yeah. and I think it's fair to say because I haven't played the first game where you kind of get what's happened with the you know the family. I don't know if you played. Me neither. The first game. Okay, me neither. Cool. No, I, I was yeah. not aware there was so a first game. To. But I, I kind of want to play it now. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> yeah, if it's of the same level as this, as uh, story-wise, then I definitely want to play it. And um, but you don't have it, to. Is the thing it doesn't. You kind of get what's you, no. You don't have to at all. Uh, yeah. Everything is explained in game. Yeah. Um, so you can go, just go, go, yeah, you can just play it without any knowledge uh, upfront, as we have, because uh, there is there were no, nothing in the game that was confusing when it comes to backstory or anything. The, the game gave me a really I don't know if you know the the movie Event Horizon but that's the kind of feel that this uh, that's it's a it's a horror movie about a haunted spaceship that comes back well uh, yeah I can get that then yeah because yeah, it's, it's creepy and I mean it's, it's not it is a horror game hell. yeah there's some yeah. horror you know bits where you're like oh yeah um, well yeah, I died a lot I died about ten times that, which is I was, which is I was good bring that up you which can die in this game <laughs> yes and then you be and then you die you see a very horrific. The, mm. Very horrifically, the way you die, and then you are put back right, right in front of the uh, the thing what, that that killed you, so you can try again. And you should die because all those deaths give you uh, achievements as well. So um, don't 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 bother uh, missing out on uh, just get the gruesome death scene and try again, even if you know uh, how to fix it. It's not it's not uh, it's it's okay if you die. And that's the thing. <laughs> it auto saves and and I believe you can manual save. As yeah, you well, can manual so. save as well. Yeah, it's sure. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, no problem at all. Um I saved quite a lot and it was uh, it, it's just, you know, you, you you quit the game and you can and the next time you continue exactly at the point that where you left off. Yeah. Uh I I don't think I've ever had any issues with saving or loading or any, no. I don't think I've ever had to reload the game either because you can't really get stuck. If you're stuck then there's something you missed. Yeah, completely. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I've also had a few times that I was just playing for too long. I was too tired, and I put the game away. The next day, I, I looked at the at the puzzle, and I was, oh wait, I have to do this. And okay, I was just straight through to the next thing. So sometimes you just uh, have to uh, take a break. But yeah, I I I definitely recommend this if you like. Um, uh, very very well done and well well acted and challenging adventure games. Yeah, excellent stuff. In the in the trailer, it looked pretty survival horror-y, and you said you can die. Is there is this like an action element to it, or is it still no. just all puzzles? No, it's more like oh, there's this very scary creature uh, in fr- uh, in front of you, but you have to get through that door. Now there is a way to get the creature from away from the door, but you can also just try to go through that door. Then the creature kills you, and then the game reloads and puts you right in front of the door. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So or, there's no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can't. There's. There's. You know. There's no action. You're not having to avoid things. It's all very puzzle orientated, and you know and, you can and, set yourself on fire, or you can you know accidentally put the wrong chemical in, and and then something happens. You can electrocute yourself. Yeah. Uh, there's so there's multiple kind of multiple ways to die, and then you die, and then you can try again. Yeah. And um, as you said, there is there is this constant feeling of of. Um, uh, pressure, literally and figuratively, because yeah. you're in the, in the depths of the ocean, uh, which is funny because I don't think you can. There is no uh, running clock or anything. You know, it's not no. like if you if you if you don't if you don't do this within an hour or something, then you die. But you still get that feeling. Do you know what I'm is... talking about? Though, there's like a scene where I don't want to give too much away, but where it feels like you could die, where, where there's like water building up. Um, and I was a bit, I had to actually turn off the audio because he um, he kept sort of like half choking and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to keep hearing that when I'm solving the puzzle. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, but I don't know if you could, if you just don't solve it, maybe something will happen. Or if it's just, 
this is the thing it's very good at building up atmosphere the game yeah. so it makes you think it's oh, very well done yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm looking forward to finishing it in, in that case and i'll look oh out yeah better that. better get some uh yeah there are some horrific scenes ahead oh. as well <laughs> <laughs> well i think i've already had some quite bad ones but okay yeah all right i'm looking forward to that so yeah that was stasis bone totem and that is the developer and publisher the brotherhood and I, I have to say, by the way, when you get near the end, there are some emotional moments as well. Okay, okay. And I can't, I can't explain why because then I would be spoiling things. Right. Yeah. But yeah. there were some moments where I was like, "Yeah, man, this is very, very well written, very well written." Yeah, I think that I think they know their stuff, and I've, I've been finding that so far. Um, there's a lot of things, you know, descriptions of things. If you wanted of objects and everything, it's very it's written in a very you know articulate style mm-hmm. um sometimes yeah. i've kind of brushed through that because i'm like i just want to you know get to the next <laughs> bit in the puzzle because there's a lot there's you could take in a lot yeah. of information if you wanted but yeah mm. karen please enlighten us with what you've got next should i play the trailer for this yes please all right looking forward to this one let me just get this up. now we might have to read out stuff for this there's no voices Oh, okay. Oh, well, we don't have... We could just listen to the trailer and... Well, there is music, so... There's delightful music. Kieran, you're going to have to... uh, Yeah, you're going to have to describe what you're seeing. Yeah, if you describe... Okay. With your lovely British brogue. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so here we go. What have we got here? Is this a kind of... Is this voxel, I'm I'm thinking? Is this a kind of voxel graphics? It's looking like it. Um, maybe I don't know what voxel graphics are. Thomas knows. <laughs> yeah, th- yes. these are voxel graphics. Like yeah. a bit like with Minecraft that you would get. Yeah, yeah. Shade, shady goings on in a, in yeah. a dark alley. Perfect. Okay, so it's all kind of dialogue based. Clicking on objects. Yeah. There's some clues coming up on a little notebook. Oh, you're interrogating an ob- uh, a subject. That's a lot of files. <laughs> <laughs> little mini puzzle, swapping things around. And a train. What more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking the, the soundtrack. So tell us a little bit more. We, we, we got a glimpse there. As I was talking about, we, what we were looking at there was kind of, looked like a sort of voxel world. And uh, it's, is it a detective? Or, or tell us a bit more about the yeah. story. So this is Aneria Crimes. It is a, a detective adventure game. Um, it's from C. Colmos. It's that. Uh, it looks like it's their only game, and it's from back in 2020. So it's from a while ago, but it was pretty overlooked. And I've not really heard anyone talk about it, and I think it's it's really interesting, and I think it's worth talking about. It's a game with a huge number of ideas. It's got lots. It's absolutely brimming with ideas, and it pulls them off really confidently and. 80 to 90% successfully as well. So it's it's well worth playing. The entire game is set in the dream universe. This is a shared collective universe in which all of our dreams take place. Um, people can dream and, and go into this universe. They can dream up things into existence or they can construct things within the dream universe. And it's a fully fleshed out alternative universe with political factions and... Um, dreamed of objects and it's also got crime and it's our job as the player to investigate dream crimes that happen in in the dreamiverse um there's 
lots of, of cool little implications that they play off of being in the dream world. So there's that that library that was that was shown with lots of rare books and what's a rare book. It's a version of a famous book as it was dreamt up by the author before they wrote it down in a wake world, which <laughs> in a wake land. Um, which I think is a really cool concept. Um, the game is full of loads of little things like that. And the gameplay is via these isometric views of crime scenes and what you do with that, with that voxel, strange voxel graphics and quite bright colours, what you do is you interrogate the items around the crime scene so that those items, like a, a rug or a seat or, or whatever, will talk to you and they'll tell you what they saw um, they can all, like a, a mini bar might say, oh, the butler came in at 3 p.m. to restock me or something like that. Uh, okay. Um, and th another example in which the game is just brimming with these wild ideas, every single item has its own personality. When that makes investigating a scene really delightful because they might only say a couple of lines, but it might be just immediately summoning up this quite flamboyant personality or, or quite an austere personality or whatever from the different items that are around the room. So you immediately have this really fun thing of you're not just clicking on items and being told bland information about them. You're clicking on items and you're getting that character yeah. While also picking up all the clues from the crime scene. It's it's, it's all text dialogue, is it? Or is there it's any all text? There's, yeah. there's no voice acting. Um but That's I mean fine. the the personalities still come through. You can almost hear the, the, the voices in your head. You, you click a vase and it's saying, Oh, I I, I usually stay it's it's <laughs> just lovely. Um the whole game is split into these six cases and they sort of tie together towards the end. They were more separate towards the beginning. As a result of them being separate towards the beginning, I didn't bother to keep track of what was happening. So I lost a bit of what was, as it was tying together, I kind of forgot what people were from earlier cases. Um, but that's that's okay. It, it's, it works well and it ties together and the overall story is, is pretty cool. Um, each case introduces a different mechanic as well. So in, in one of the cases... Um, you you can find dream connections between different items, and in an, in another case, it gets darker, and you can only investigate items if you can walk and like, shine this torch on them. So all of the cases have these different mechanics. Again, just loads of ideas being thrown thrown out here. You, you're um, saying you're saying it introduces different mechanics, but does that mean that that mechanic was not? use uh you couldn't use it before that case but yeah. you can keep using it after that case no just for the single for the single case often it just, oh, okay it just it, oh for this case you just vary things up a bit so it's, you're not always doing the same thing um i mean so, some of them don't really add much it's just a bit of variety some of them work better than others all the cases have these little mini puzzles as well some some of them have just several mini puzzles throughout the quality and difficulty of these puzzles as well as the detective cases themselves, a bit all over the place. Some are, some are really easy, some are really difficult. There's no gradual increase in difficulty. Some are satisfying, some are really, really satisfying when you work out how something works. And some, I feel like I just got there randomly, I just stumbled upon the solution. So again, I think the, the designers had all of these ideas and were just throwing everything at the game. 
And it, what the result is, is this, this wild game that does lots of different things. Most of them it does well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the game. It's not serious at all. It's got this bright, bubbly personalities all throughout. It's in that trailer you heard kind of light music as it was showing shady dealings. It's that approach to the, to the detective genre rather than a, a, a gritty or darker approach like Chicken Police or something like that. If you're a detective fan, like if you like, um, if you liked Obra Dinn or Case the Golden Idol or Detective Grimoire, um, what? Firstly, if you're a detective fan and you, you've not played any of those, then play those first. <laughs> those are probably better games. There's so them. many. But if you've played those, if you played those games and you love them and you want more, then definitely check out this. It's really interesting. It's doing a heck of a lot. It's got this completely bonkers off the wall story with these dreams and these talking items and everything. Yeah, then check it out. Um, Aneria Crimes, I think it is is well worth well worth defe- detective fans time i think you kind of sold me when you just said it was you, you got to interrogate objects and they told you different things and they had different personalities because that's quite an unusual gimmick and sometimes all you need in these games is just like a little fun flourish and it just sets it something apart. to set it up yeah something to mm. set it apart from everything else yeah mm. and that's by k colmus narrative both but, but uh, what... developer and publisher what did you think of the art style? Because I'm generally not a big fan of uh, of, of voxel graphics, but how did it play? Yeah, I th- I thought it was nice. I mean, I've not I've not played Minecraft or, or any of these games. I I thought it it wasn't something that uh, yeah, it wasn't like pixel art um, where some of it can be really gorgeous. But it was it was nice. It was bright. There's there's these funny comedic things of like oh oh no, there's lots of blood and it's just a single red square of <laughs> and that's it um which is quite funny it stops it being ever dark even when characters have died and are hunched over or something it, it keeps it quite bright and quite fun right so uh, yeah i I'll, i will check that out and yeah and i suppose it's, it's worth kind of saying although it is voxel i, I think it it's mainly sort of the characters and then the world is it's sort of less maybe it's not quite as much as like minecraft where where everything is it's it's got a kind of a mix but um yeah thanks for that i you know i'm a big fan of detective stuff so i i just checked and i already have the game oh <laughs> I, I had no idea but uh, it's a big fan, clearly yeah um, and it's also uh, right now as we are recording this it is on sale on steam for only 2 euros oh wow okay so um wow. okay I, maybe i would definitely check it out then <laughs> yeah you can't really make a big mistake for two euros i think no and you're right yeah, I hope I, just by the time offer... you're listening to this i hope it is still two euros but well it says offer if it's the same offer for me it says offer ends 7th of august so yeah oh yeah that should be yeah plenty of time yeah okay, check it out Right, we come to our final uh, game uh, to review, and this one is called Viewfinder. I think, again, the trailer might just be music, and it's kind of hard to... I'll, I'll, I'll maybe like... I'll, I think I'll... there is some voice acting in it. Yes, I, I couldn't quite remember what, what it showed in the trailer, but anyway, we can sort of, again... I mean, I'll have to do a lot of explaining with this game anyway, but I think it's good if you two see how this works, because it, it's definitely one you need to sort of see... Oh, we've picked the best trailers for yeah we yeah <laughs> but you can hear you can get the ambience anyway if you're just listening by podcast but anyway this is this is viewfinder the trailer 
So there's this guy and there's a bridge and the bridge yeah. is broken. He's taking a picture with his camera. Yeah, he's taking multiple pictures of the bridge. And then and the and he puts the picture of the bridge in the gap. Oh, there we go. We've got the cat talking. And wanderers are always welcome. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of perspective in this game. So it's very much about bit, bit taking me pictures of, uh, and those ask. pictures creating things. A bit reminiscent of Super, super Liminal. Yes. With it, lots of visual illusions. Yeah, to, to completely. Solve. It's given me major portal vibes. Yeah, that as well. Oh, this is brilliant. So he took a picture of something, of a, of a bunch of boxes, then turned the picture upside down so all the boxes fell out of the picture. Yeah, it's I'm honestly, I've got a lot to talk about this game. This far. It's quite exciting. I thought some of the some of the pictures might be have strange visual quality, so then the world has a strange visual quality as he walks into it. Yeah, so let me tell you about this game, Viewfinder. Yes, it's, do uh... tell us about this game. <laughs> and I think it is good, actually, that you kind of got what what how it works a little bit. I think that might have been like a, a reasonably, I don't know, it could be wrong, actually, a reasonably early uh, trailer to kind of showcase all what it's about. But you, in this game, you don't, you, you don't really know much about yourself as a protagonist, but the kind of gist that you work out is you're in this program, this computer program that other scientists have built, and you're trying to get to the heart of this program because these scientists have been... Basically, what's happening in the real world is climate change has taken over and everything's awful, and these scientists created this interesting world and coded it for people to remember what the real world is like. And there's a tool that they created, something called the weather disruptor, I think it's called. And you're, you, you work out that you're going into these different programs and you're going into deeper into this scientist world, into this program to discover this tool and try and save your own world and, and make it kind of recreate what they did. Now that's all kind of a story that's just sort of there to help accentuate the gameplay mechanics. And my goodness, what amazing mechanics they are. You wouldn't be able to guess that from the trailer. But the whole point is with this world, and you, you mentioned Superliminal, it is very much a, a sort of perspective puzzle game. And the idea is you hold up, you take a, a, a photograph. It might be a photograph that's just lying around that's of, of a certain landscape, or it might be one later on, you get a camera and you can take pictures, um, you know, at your will up to a certain limit. And you place this photograph in front of you. And then when you let it go, everything that's in that photograph becomes reality. And it could take place. It could, you know, transform the, the point of view you're looking on. For example, like you were saying, oh, there's a big gap and a bridge. You could take a picture of the floor underneath you and then push that photograph along and then you're able to move along um but it it really you know and until you see how this works and how well it's integrated into the game it's just amazing how this has been done very small studio very small scottish studio uh, made the sad Owl studios and my goodness and it's just brimming with ideas it's very much like you said it's like portal 
It's like superliminal. It's just so clever. And there's, like I said, there's, there's you are brought along this adventure. Um, you, you heard a sort of Scottish voice there. And there's this little AI cat called Kate who sort of guides you along in the adventures and is always very complimentary. Whenever you solve a puzzle, the, the, the cat's just like, wow, I can't believe you solved that. And you're just like, oh, thank you very much. Um, but you, you basically how it is, is you, you, you are exploring each scientist's world and the worlds they sort of came up with and their experiments. So each one will have interesting new ideas brought upon it. There's one world where there's certain parts um, that you're not able to uh, sort of get rid of, even with a photograph. So you've got to work out, okay, so there are all these purple bars and I can't get rid of them. Do I need to rotate? Like like you were saying, Thomas, do I rotate the photo and then things fall down from, from the ceiling? Um, there's there's some really cool bits where, as well as just, you know, those kind of really lovely 3D graphics that you saw, you can pick up uh, a picture of a watercolor painting and suddenly you're stepping inside a watercolor painting. Uh, there's another bit where there's a Tamagotchi and you can step inside a computer game, basically. You step inside the Tamagotchi um, that's all kind of side stuff, but it's just sort of really fun, interesting things that just make each level sort of buzz and, and feel really vivid and fun. And just you can just feel like the developers just having a load of fun and, and just being like, hey, why do you do this? Why do you do this? You know, there's a, a cartoon painting that you step inside. And when you walk around, you make all these sort of cartoonish noises. Um, and, I, you know, some of the puzzles, they, they took a bit of, of thought. I wouldn't say all of them are easy, especially like as you're getting close to the end. There's some really interesting conundrums. There's later on, as you get on, there's a bit where it, the, the design is basically you need um, a microphone to set off a speaker and that will set off a generator. So you've got to think, OK, but if the microphone's over all over that way, how do I take a picture so that I can fit that in? And there's all these kind of different things you've got to sort of work out. And once you get it, you're like, oh, of course, it's so obvious. But it's it's a really, really clever. Uh, someone, I was streaming a bit of this and someone said it, it's a bit like um, sort of a mixture of superliminal braid because you can rewind things. That's the really clever thing. Uh, you can just rewind as much as you want in the level. So if there's something you've done wrong or if, for example, you're falling off a level, you just tap a button, tap a keyboard button, and you immediately rewind to whatever point you want. Um, so there's a bit of braid and then a bit of the witness as, as well, I think, in terms of the puzzles um, and stuff that it's revealing. But I will say it starts very immediate. When I first like went into this game, it just immediately starts. There's no explanation what's going on. There's no explanation... You have somebody called Jessie who's talking to you and she's not explaining anything. She's just acting as if it's a normal everyday life that you're just, you know, picking up these photos and, and playing. And I do feel like they could. I, I understand why they do that, because about 20 or 30 minutes in, they then explain. But I genuinely thought I'd missed a cutscene because there was <laughs> nothing. I was just genuinely I was saying to people, like, I actually looked up a YouTube video because I was like, wait a second, what's going on? <laughs> so just did I miss? Yeah. persevere with it. But, you know, like, I think it almost throws you in a bit too much, like fair play to the developers. They just didn't care. They were like, people are going to have to persevere with this. But I think some people will just not get it and enjoy it. So please do stick with it. I will say my only downside with this game is the the voice actor of Jesse, who is this British voice who at the beginning especially is guiding you through and is she's this female who's who's sort of bit reacting to things you're doing um 
funnily enough, as you go further into the game, she gets more lost. And I almost feel it's as if the developer realized that it's just it's just a bit annoying. And I, she over she um, enunciates things. It's, it's kind of a character who's like just saying all this sort of really obvious things like, well, uh, if you, did you just do that? And you're just like, yeah, I just did that. And it's it's just so nice when she sort of drops off. No offense to the voice actor, you know, like I, I, I totally get it. You were probably told to do it in this kind of over the top style, but it just is, it's quite an annoying character to have just someone like really saying really obvious things all the time. Um, and I, I genuinely, I'm so glad that the game, like as you get into it, literally past the first chapter, she 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 starts to not being able to kind of hear you as much because you're so going so far deeper into the project and you have this lovely relaxed scottish cat that talks to you instead and that's just that's, that's my literally down point a scottish saying, cat oh he's just uh, for that i, I would it. like to play it yeah it's, <laughs> i mean and he's so lovely he's so complex as Ponto was thinking was this cat flirting with me because he's very complimentary about everything you're doing but anyway that's um it's there's it's it's a beautiful game. I would say it's probably it, it, I think it's my game of the year right now because it's so clever. It's just so so clever. And another thing is is that there are optional levels that you can play that are kind of bonus stuff and they're harder. They're a lot harder. Um and um there's also hints and they they do it in quite a clever ways. So if you um don't you know if if you're stuck it won't there's not a hint immediately available but um if you're just like obviously wandering around the level, not knowing what you're doing, it will then pop up like, do you want a hint? And then you can access the hint. So it's it gives you the time to try and work stuff out. And then if, if you're still not able to, at some point it'll pop up, oh, hey, do you want a hint? So that I thought that was quite a nice way of doing hints with that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, obviously, you know, climate change and all that kind of thing is very topical right now. But I think they actually do it in a really good way. And it's, it's just... Uh, I mean, I I don't understand how pe- no one's come up with this kind of idea before, but it's so well integrated in the game. Like, yeah, I I can't really do it justice. Like, you have to kind of watch a trailer or just play it and play the demo at least and just see how it's done because it's it's just so well integrated into the game. Like, you you just hold up this picture and then like that whole world becomes the world. And there's a cool bit where you keep overlaying pictures over pictures. And and this is the thing. There's loads of other um puzzle bits so like at one point it um it adds a photocopier so you can take a copy of a picture and then you've got you can take all these you know copies of a of a picture so then you're like okay i've got all these copies how am i going to use all of these have i got to use it to build a bridge to get to this other point and um yeah it's really hard to explain it uh if you've not seen how it works but hopefully that kind of gives some idea of how it is and and yeah if you like things like superliminal perspectives kind of things Fun, fun puzzles, and it does have a good story as well. It's not just all about the puzzles, because that was one thing I didn't quite like about The Witness that it was it sort of focused a little bit too much on the puzzles, and the story did come out, but it you know it took quite a while to get going. Uh, this I think is just you know it's got the whole package, and it's just a really innovative and, and really unique idea as well. It sounds like uh, another great indie game. Yeah, and I you know. It, I, I don't know how big the development team is. I don't think it's more than a couple of people. I, I didn't really check with the credits, but 
And the good thing is, is, you know, I only did, I sort of did the main quest storyline things, but like, if you wanted to, if you're enjoying that kind of world and the puzzles, like I said, each chapter has a couple of optional levels that you can check out as well. So there's, there's a, a bit of replayability uh there as well but um yeah i i honestly think this is going to be on a lot of lists this year just because of how amazing it looks and just just clever just a really really clever idea i've i listened to some other um i read some other reviews as well and everybody is just raving about this game and i think the thing is as well it's a quite a chill game like it's got you know it's you know, it's as you're just in these little levels and you're just sort of thinking, okay, what have I got to do here? It's got this really nice, you probably heard it a little bit in the trailer, that kind of nice sort of laid back uh, soundtrack. And it's got, you know, very beautiful world. It's all because the point is, is that these scientists have designed worlds that they want to live in. So you're in these, you've got these beautiful, you know, uh, azure skies and palm trees and mountains in the background amongst all these kind of unusual buildings and, and things like that. So, and and that with a kind of beautiful soundtrack is you could just sort of just sometimes just walk around these levels and, and enjoy that and... Um, just chill out. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a nice experience. It's not a stressful experience. You know, there is a, a fair amount to get through, but... You know, some people are saying, oh, I wish there was more to do. I, I think actually each chapter, in you know, in, sort of introduces an, another interesting mechanic. And I think that's what the best puzzle games do is, is that, you know, you start off simple and then you build and build and build. And I think this does that really well as well. Awesome. So there it's, you been go. A, it's been a, we're over half the, we're seven months in, in the year. And it sounds like this is going to be a special year. Yeah, uh, again. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, in a different way, because um, like these are not uh, the, the games that I've loved the most so far of, of, of from, and from what I've heard other people love so far are not the traditional point and click games. Like yeah, that's uh, Dredge, I think, was yeah. amazing. Um, I'm, I'm currently playing Dave the Diver. Which is yeah, also supposed to be. Uh, I've only just started. I'm only like a couple of like two hours in, but this is also promising to be something very very special. So it's uh, it's 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 cool. It's very it's very good. It's going to be hard to make another great uh, top ten list at the end of the year if this continues like this. And I and I recently breached three hundred hours on uh, Midnight Suns as well. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still playing that. Oh, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah i mean it's a, it's a really good point and i think it just shows how strong these you know story rich games and just indie games in general i mean obviously that's been the case for a little while but yeah it, i think i think it's a good point it's it's not just point and click games now that you know we're covering we're covering all kinds of things that have got these strong storylines um yeah so anyway yeah that that is viewfinder like i said it's sad owl studios and thunderful publishing but since you were talking a little bit about what you've been playing um thomas uh, i will ask kieran first uh, before we end off this episode kieran what, what else are you what else are you playing and what are you planning on playing next yeah, well, the uh, the downside of this is maybe upside. Every uh, every Adventure Games podcast I listen to, I always come away with another game that I want <laughs> yes. to play. So many oh, games, I, so little time. I've still got 
uh, Dreams in the Witch House that I really want oh, to I know, out too. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so, and then, and Tartarus Key as well. And then after after uh, today, status status uh, bone bone totem. Yeah, uh-huh. um, weird name, but uh, and, great game. <laughs> and has has added onto that that list as well. So I've now got three to be uh, to be checking yeah, out. Yeah, status soon. bone totem is like a 20, 20 hour game. I think <laughs> that is a long game, and I played for for large swathes with. Uh, with a, uh, I've got uh, twenty six hours into it. Ooh. Yeah, and I got stuck a few times, so that's not a small game. No, it's it. Well, I'm halfway through, so I'll see how I go. And Thomas, you were kind of talking about what what you've been playing there, but anything else? Is Kieran is finished. Yeah, those yeah. those are the three on my list. As if as if that's not enough. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I'm as I said, I'm playing Dave the Diver, um, which is also this weird fusion of uh, of different games um also a very relaxed game even though uh it's you play you literally play dave the diver who is a, a big guy who is diving for, for fish so he can sell them at night in his sushi restaurant so it is both a um there is um some some action in there because you have to literally catch the fish not not in the way that dredge catches the fish but in this case you're uh, you're you're aiming harpoons, or you you develop a gun and stuff, and you get you catch these fish, and then these fish you can uh, your partner um, and in the evenings you can um, sell them as sushi, and then you so in the evenings you're running a sushi restaurant, so you have to determine the menu, you have to determine uh, what everything looks like, and in between you're getting uh, uh, story things. And um, it can be little things like uh, when I played yesterday, I had to, I, a dolphin came up to me when I was diving and he uh, he, he uh, asked me to follow him and I had to rescue his partner who was stuck in a, in a net. Um, but I'm also asked to, uh, because this all takes place in something called the Blue Hole, which is uh, this weird um, uh, area where fishes uh, appear that should not be there and where weird things happen so there's also a very deep storyline going on okay. and is I've it a bit only... Lovecraftian or is it not do you think I have no idea yet okay. I hope so because I'm always into <laughs> Lovecraftian yeah. but uh, I don't know yet I've only reached uh, I've only seen the, the 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 very very tip of the iceberg yeah, to uh, when it comes to this um just a few things like and it's it's gradually teaching you how to do everything uh, so you're making money with the sushi restaurant, and then you can use that to buy new equipment, and you and you find uh, you find things when you're diving, like blueprints, so you can uh, create new weapons or uh, new diving equipment, and all sorts of things are happening. It's this is promising to be something really really special. Yeah, I do really want to check that out. So that's I think it would be great thing. on stream as well. Yeah, I, I I have seen a few people play it on stream, so yeah, I'm 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 definitely up for watch. Uh, well, playing it and watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and so you mentioned that obviously Midnight Suns as well. There's the kind of the main things you're. Uh, and I, I've, I've I'm I'm reading a lot because uh it was kind of hot kind of hot here, so I didn't always hmm. feel like playing uh playing something. I uh, just wanted to sit outside, so I've been reading the Silo trilogy. Oh right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, which Stephen is now King, also. Right? Uh, yes, uh, I think so. Uh, what's his name? You um, uh, Howie. You Howie is a writer, oh, and it was 
<laughs> yeah, I, I thought you said Yui, so I thought you you were correct. No. Um, but didn't they they made a TV series about? Yes, that, Amazon right? Prime yes. has yeah, yeah. Apple TV, yeah, Apple TV Plus has the uh, first season. I've started watching that as well. I'm about halfway through the third book. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant books. Very, very scary. Uh, scary in a way that uh, this uh, you can see something like this happening. Okay. Uh, I, I won't get, get into details because I do not want to spoil anything. Um, and, and I knew there was uh, I was going to like that TV show, so I wanted to read the books first. Right. Okay, um, yeah. But since the uh, the first, I think the first the, the the first season covers stuff from the first book, and I'm also already on the third book, so I I, I thought like let's let's start watching that as well. And the first two episodes were pretty good. Very good cast. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Tim Robbins, uh, David Oyelowo, uh, common uh, among uh, some of the other familiar faces you'll see. So that's uh, that comes highly recommended. Yeah. I uh, I just noticed where I got confused is Stephen King did a review of Silo, uh, where he called it mysterious and terrifically suspenseful. This is excellent yes. science fiction yes. with three dimensional characters. So there you go. Yeah, and that was a, something he wrote on Twitter, or as it's called now, X. But yeah, let's not discuss. We won't that. talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, how about, how about uh, you? <laughs> what 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 are you uh, playing or reading? Yes, well, that's what I was going to We're meaning the games, not the music, because yeah. you're also a DJ. <laughs> no, well, yes, well, as a hobby. Um, so yes, uh, I just finished Viewfinder, and I am still halfway through Stasis Bone Totem. But you're talking about kind of Dave the Diver, and I think Thomas will be excited about this. I have been playing Subnautica, which I know Thomas really enjoyed. I'm such a good game. Yeah, I'm pretty early in on it, and I have to say. It's given me some terror, this game. Yes. And I, uh, you know, I am one, I have played horror games and I am pretty dead inside and I don't really have a reaction. And I just, I get and then jump you, scares. And then, you, and then you got attacked by a Leviathan. Yeah, seriously. But it's not even the Leviathans. It's the fact. No, it's the deep. It's the deep. That's what yes. terrifies me. It's not knowing how uh, deep. Thalassophobia, I think. Yeah. It's, it's I called. Think I might have that because genuinely just. Thinking about going, like, stretch, you know, going along this ocean. And if people don't know what Subnautica is, the, the basic premise is you, you you kind of, your spaceship crashes and you're on this world that's this kind of water world. And you, you've you got to try and find out what's happened with your ship. And you're just swimming and this this whole aliens and huge, huge monsters on, on this water-filled world. And you've got to dive and you've got to craft all these kind of objects. Um and it's so beautiful really beautiful game um but terrifying terrifyingly beautiful and beautifully terrifying it's, i just want to stay near my ship and never <laughs> leave because it's it, scary it, and, and, yeah but it gets so it, it gets so good and i uh, and and the whole base building usually I, like i i quit fallout 4 kind of because i didn't feel like building bases and everything but here i was just building bases left and right i, I, I just so I good just subnautica is so good it is it is probably in my top 10 of best games i've ever played i think so i i recently finished outer wilds and i think that's in my top 10 and this could potentially get there but we'll see but anyway so that's kind of what i'm playing and i don't know what, what else is coming out you know in the in the near future there's there seems like oh i would like to play we should probably just mention this uh sea of thieves monkey island um the kind of expansion pack on sea of thieves i've never played sea of thieves so me neither 
yeah, so I, I would like to give it a go because Monkey Island, it has come out, obviously, but um, I'm going to have to find some people to play it with, I think. But I'd like to give it a go just to see what that's all about. I'm happy to volunteer. Yeah, let's let's I'll see. If we can find somebody who actually knows how. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we can find somebody who actually knows how to play it, then that <laughs> that will probably be a good bet as well, and we yes. can just sort of like dr- tag along. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so that's what we we're hoping to play. You might hear us review some of those games uh, in the next episode. Uh, thank you to both of you for for joining in this episode. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being this month's Sersha. Yes, uh, I hope I hope you're proud, Sersha, when you listen back <laughs> to this episode. He, he's off on his, on his holes. You have to say so, We have to say something that so we know that Sersha has listened to the entire episode. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is what, <laughs> Karen? You're always good with stuff like this. Come up Come with on, something, Karen. Right now, come on! You can do it. <laughs> all, all, all of Ireland's Eurovision entries deserve zero points. Oh, <laughs> I don't even agree with that. But uh, yeah, Josh, come on, comment on that to prove that you've listened to all of this. Bless him. Uh, but yeah, and your, um, your 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 Eurovision podcast is also still going, right? It is for now. I think we we might be finishing it at some point soon because we've just got other things to focus on. But if you mm. Want to check the the last few episodes? Yes, I have a Eurovision podcast called No Par. Uh, we were there when when it was all in Liverpool. It was good fun. If you want to, if you like that kind of thing, uh, check it out. But um, yeah, thank you very much, guys. It, it's been good fun to h- hear even more adventure games that I need to check out. Um, yeah. So appreciate that. And Shawsha, I think we'll return in in the next episode. We, we'll see. Maybe we'll just do away with him. Who knows? With the return of Shawsha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll just we'll just pretend that he's the host, and then we'll do the real episode. Like we got all the we got all the data now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks very much, guys, and uh, catch you on the next one. See you, and keep on questing. Bye. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for Adventure Game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you